I have an obscure reference in the beginning. <laughs> anyway, a book is a mirror, observed Georg Christoph Lichtenberg, the eminent 18th century German scientist and aphorist. Eminent, but you see, nobody's heard about him. <laughs> anyway, he, is, he is actually quite. Anyway, when I was in Heidelberg, I actually saw his statue. A book is a mirror, observed Georg Christoph Listenberg, the eminent 18th century German scientist and aphorist. If a monkey peers into it, an apostle can hardly be expected to look out. This aphorism tends to spring to mind whenever I pick up one of Srila Prabhupada's books and open its pages to read. For these books are the exception that proves, that is, tests, Lichtenberg's rule. I am not alone in discovering that the books of Srila Prabhupada possess a singular and quite astonishing power. They can transfigure monkeys into apostles. Mm -hmm. The books themselves convey clear and explicit directions for their own readings. In his purports, Srila Prabhupada repeatedly calls our attention to these directions in the way that he does, for instance, at the outset of his introduction to Bhagavad Gita as it is. The spirit of Bhagavad Gita is mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita itself. It is just like this. If we want to take a particular medicine, then we have to follow the directions written on the label. We cannot take the medicine according to our own whim or the direction of a friend. It must be taken according to the directions on the label or the directions given by a physician. This guidance for reading or hearing Srila Prabhupada's books is presented and represented in a simple, clear, and convincing manner. These often appear in references to exemplary occasions of effective transmissions that are recorded in the in Srimad Bhagavatam itself. Consider, for instance, this purport to Srimad Bhagavatam one three forty four. Simple hearing is not all. One must realize the text with proper attention. The word Navishta, which is in the text, means that Sutta Goswami drank the juice of Bhagavatam through his ears. That is the real process of receiving Bhagavatam. One should hear with rapt attention from the real person, and then he can at once realize the presence of Lord Krishna in every page. The secret of knowing Bhagavatam is mentioned here. No one can give rapt attention who is not pure in mind. No one can be pure in mind who is not pure in action. 
No one can be pure in action who is not pure in eating, sleeping, fearing, and mating. But somehow or other, if someone hears with rapt attention from the right person, at the very beginning one can see, one can assuredly see Lord Sri Krishna in person in the pages of Bhagavatam. Srila Prabhupada refers to Bhakti Yoga as a science, as in expressions like the science of Krishna consciousness or the science of self-realization. The original Sanskrit word that he translates felicitously as science is jnana, formed by prefixing the word for knowledge, jnana, with the, the I which functions as a kind of all-purpose intensifier. The word vijnana denotes knowledge that is directly apprehended or experienced. Srila Prabhupada often refers to vijnana as realized knowledge and, appropriately, as scientific knowledge. Of course, it is not material science, yet as a proper science, The science of Krishna consciousness is verifiable by anyone who is willing and able to adhere scrupulously to its proper procedures. A necessary feature of such procedures is the clarification, intensification, and concentration of consciousness, the required rapt attention. This itself requires a pure mind, which requires pure action, which requires purity in even the most basic animal activities of life, eating, sleeping, fearing, that is defending, and mating. Herein lies the required commitment to follow strictly the four regulative principles of no meat-eating, no intoxication, no gambling, and no illicit sex. Most of us are disposed automatically to regard these sorts of strictures as moral principles, and as such having to do mainly with consequences of reward or punishment, of enjoying or suffering, of heavens or hells. But here it becomes clear that these regulative principles are more far-reaching than that. They are, in fact, fundamental principles of cognition, of knowledge. For this reason, knowledge, for this reason, knowledge, properly so-called, depends upon sattva, on goodness, and for its further development, on a more refined and rarefied goodness called vishuddha sattva. A materialistic critic might find fault with such claims to knowledge by deriding it as mysticism, which is attractive only to escapists and is utterly worthless for uh, shining any practical light on on the gross and palpable world that surrounds, contains, and indeed composes us. That might be true of the jnana yogi, but for the bhakti yogi, the world, as it were, comes back. 
but now disclosed as it truly is, as it is in relationship to Krishna. As Srila Prabhupada states in the purport to Bhagavatam 2.9.5, quote, By Bhakti Yoga one can know the Lord, and by knowing the Lord as the Supreme, one is able to know everything else. That is the version of all Vedas. When making this important point, Srila Prabhupada frequently quotes a text from the Mundaka Upanishad uh, 1.3 that defines the absolute truth as that unique entity, quote, knowing which all else becomes known. For instance, in an early lecture in Los Angeles, July 5th, 1971, he says, So one who performs this yoga system, how to increase love for Krishna, that's all, then you'll understand everything. The Vedas, they confirm it. Yasmin vijnate savam evam vijnatam bhavanti. If you simply understand Krishna, then everything will be understood because Krishna is everything, God is everything. Our philosophy is called Savishesha, that is, with varieties. Once some of us, who were members of the newly formed Bhaktivedanta Institute, were accompanying Srila Prabhupada on a morning walk in Uvrindavan through the summer woods. Srila Prabhupada pointed out that the arboreal wood around us is really fire in another form. The tree, he explained, takes in sunlight, fire, and it grows wood. If later you harvest some of the wood for heat and ignite the wood, the fire reappears. So wood is just fire in another form. Similarly, Prabhupada said, matter is really spirit in another form. What Prabhupada said left me bewildered, and a little later I had the chance to put my problem before him. I told him I was confused. Right now, I explained, I'm very involved in trying to understand that I am not this body, that I am spirit, but my body and mind are matter. So I've been very engaged in discriminating between matter and spirit, but now you're saying that everything is spirit, so I'm confused. <laughs> it took me some years to fully assume, assimilate Prabhupada's response of two short sentences. He said, We are not Maya bodies, there are different kinds of spirit. <laughs> Mayavad philosophy is called Nirvishesha, that is, there are no varieties, Visheshas, in Brahman. Our philosophy is called Savishesha, with varieties. As Prabhupada expressed it in the last purport of Bhagavad Gita as it is, quote, Although superficially the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the living entity, material nature, and time appear to be different, nothing is different from the Supreme. But the Supreme is always different from everything. Earlier in the same purport, he noted, perfect knowledge of the absolute truth means perfect knowledge of Krishna. If one understands Krishna, then all the departments of knowledge are part and parcel 
of that understanding. This then is the supreme and inclusive science and we are to learn it, apply it in all areas and most importantly guide and direct a grievously misguided and misdirected human society. In a New York City airport, a reporter began a press conference with the question to Srila Prabhupada, why have you come to the West? Prabhupada once replied, I have come to give you a brain. It's funny too because the pins are out there and the guys are writing and they all stop. <laughs> this is our, mi- our assignment, our mission. Srila Prabhupada went in to explain how a society has a head, arms, belly, and legs, but modern society is headless. There are no brahmanas. A little later on, Prabhupada remarked, in your society, everyone is a shudra, and there are a few vaishas. Our special mission, that is addressing Iskand devotees mostly, is to become the brain for which Srila Prabhupada has given us all that we need. We have been gifted with important, with, with potent knowledge of the book Bhagavatam, the message of Krishna, and Krishna's own messenger, the person Bhagavata, Srila Prabhupada, bore it across the waters aboard a vessel with the portentous name Jaladuta, water messenger. <laughs> The aphorism of Lichtenberg holds true. If a monkey looks in, no apostle will look out. The word apostle means messenger. Look it up. And from Srila Prabhupada, we monkeys have been given all that we require to become apostles ourselves, to assimilate the message of Godhead, and to deliver that message to a world in critical need of it. Begging for the blessings of the Vaishnavas on this auspicious day to become the servant of Srila Prabhupada and the servants of his servants, Ravindra Swaruptas. Well, that's what I say. Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. Great. <laughs> um, this is, I realize I have in here, and I've, I looked at my other notes, I have a whole... I'm going to present a epistemology, you know, a theory of knowledge that developed this in a certain way. Great idea. Especially because people are really baffled about the temple of the Vedic planetarium. That's part of it, you know. You've got to start with epistemology. Anyway. Omegana timarandasya gananjana shalakaya Saksur Vandalatamina Tasmai Sri Gurvedamaha. So um, I didn't really plan, and that's a tough act to follow. <laughs> well come on, I've spent days. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like what it, what is that author Pasquale said? He said, you know, I'm sorry the letter was so long I didn't have time yeah, to time write to it. make sure. So <laughs> I can understand you spent a lot of time. So I'll, I'll just kind of uh, I like when Prabhupada said there, uh, simple hearing is not all in all. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it, it kind of solidified something I, I, I kind of wanted to 
you know, say I was trying to find my appreciation for Prabhupada this year. And uh, how many people have read Vishaka's book? Yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah, a it's great, a far out book. It, it, you know, it's a great book. It's a great book. And, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out in the book, you know, how actually she got her faith because her culture and intellect didn't coincide with the message that was being given. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that book was really, it's like the glories of Prabhupada mm-hmm. because, you know, she got this, you, you watch how her faith develops and it, it's not from the intellectual platform. Yeah, exactly. So, um, then I was trying to say the glory is is like um, how did Prabhupada do it? You know, because mm-hmm. you know you kind of see in the movement all these different types of people. You know, and and, and they all get <laughs> Prabhupada. I remember Bori John Prabhu and Gopi Pranadana were at um, Prabhupada's like appearance day in Vrindavan. You know, and I think there's like. You know, Hari Sari spoke as Prabhupada's the corporate head of ISKCON. And then Ayendra Prabhu spoke that Prabhupada's a manjuri. And then, <laughs> you know, and you had like all these different types of things. Uh-huh. And then, you know, Borijan and, and, and Gopi like look at each other. And are they talking about the same person? <laughs> so, and I was also seeing that there's like, there's like something that Prabhupada had that allowed him to kind of, uh, as you always said, Rabindra Sri Prabhu, you know, you said Prabhupada talked in context relevance, mm-hmm. which is not how the Western mind understands things. Mm-hmm. So you have these things that Prabhupada said that are so antithetical, both conservative and liberal, to what, you know, mm-hmm. the people's conditioning are. And, you know, it, it somehow something else comes through, you know, that allows him to put that aside and kind of accept that this is the absolute truth. So I'm really trying to crack that. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can understand that, maybe I can apply it to myself and get the same thing. So one thing I was just thinking is, um, and I heard this story, is that... Um, Prabhupada was in Calcutta after he came back from uh, like America, you know, and now here he is like so successful and then he was kind of reflecting on, he was reflecting on um, you know, his God brothers and in ways in different aspects, you know, they may have been better than him. Like, you know, it, just in terms of scholarship mm-hmm. alone, there were people that, you know, their scholarship was more deep. You know, they, they, they knew more of the books. They, they, they you know, uh, you know, and, and managers, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. talked about this Kunji Bihari, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Bhakti Vilas Tirta, when Bhakti, you know, he was so heavy and they thought he was taking money and you know, he was sending his 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 brother to England to train as a lawyer mm-hmm. so in the future he could sue and get you know 
And they tried to kick him out. The sannyasis came to to uh, Prabhupada and, and Prabhupada uh, to Bhakti Siddhanta and pra- Bhakti Siddhanta said, you know, you can all leave, <laughs> but he'll stay. And then they put his, you know, on the Bhagbazar Gaudiamath, he had a plaque for him, he's the foundation. He so that guy was great managers and they had these Rasika Bhaktas and they were all from like Prabhupada was from like a Vaisha family and they were all from like most of them were Chakravartis and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Bhattacharyas and mm-hmm. the high class, you know. Yeah, right. And then here, here, you know, so Prabhupada was actually thinking very humbly, you know, how was I the one? You know, it wasn't, you know, imagine now in Iskon if some guy that was on outside and running a pharmacy, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden takes off, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and leaves us all in the dust. Yeah, they were all surprised, weren't they? They were very shocked. You know, I remember where, what, Bhavananda told me when I was yeah. a brand new devotee yeah. that he had run a somewhere I met one of Prabhupada's god brothers yeah. who said, ah, he was never very important. <laughs> Yeah, so it, 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 it I, I, we would kill him, literally. One of those horse races where the guy from the back comes up at the last minute. I mean, literally. Crosses the finish like, line. Wow. So then I was saying, and Prabhupada's answer was, and I'm trying to understand the deeply, more deeply, he said, because I was sent percent faithful to the order of my spiritual yeah. master. Can I say, he said yeah, something. anything, because I, I think... He, it, it, he's, yeah. what, he, I've one place he said it. He, yeah. I, I, I forgot where it was now. Uh, he said, so somebody was praising him, yeah. you've done this, you know, yeah. and I says, no, 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 I'm, I'm not a magician, he says. And he said, only one thing is to my credit, I have always remained the servant. I have never tried to become the master. Wonderful. Right? One thing is to my credit, I have always remained the servant. And when you when you you know study Srila Prabhupada's life, that's 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 it. And the thing about that is that it, it comes through so strongly. Mm-hmm. One time, you know, I had this um, uh, scholarly conference with you know Janaki Ram Mahamuni Ji mm-hmm. Rambas. We had about ten people, and you know they all want to become professors and things. And when they go through that. Academy, mm-hmm. you know, you see how they get confused and different things. And but Jai Dwayne Mars was there, and Pradyumna was there, and then there was one lecture. I don't want to say given by one person. You know how we need theologians in this God, mm-hmm. and basically was saying like almost was saying Prabhupada is not a theologian or not a scholar. It came in, and I was kind of becoming kind of furious, which was my role there. And then uh, always surprising Pradyumna. Mm-hmm. you know, always comes to the rescue because, you know, he's not like an Iskand sannyasi. So, and he kind of said, there's no, you, you know, you don't understand. He said, you don't understand that a guru doesn't have to become a theologian or a scholar. He has to, under, he said, Bhaktivinoda Thakur said he has to understand Sambandagan deeply. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, Sambandagan, you know, that, and, and that the relationship, the sambandha between the soul and the body. You're not the body, I'm a servant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the relationship between the soul and God. You're not God, you're a servant. Mm-hmm. The relationship between um, God and matter. God is not you know, material, you should mm-hmm. serve him. And he said, you know, and he said that's what Prabhupada was. He, he gave it on every page, <laughs> you know, that kind of essence. And, you know, and somehow or other, 
I was thinking, you know, he was faith, faith, cent uh, percent faithfully ordered spiritual master. Somehow, he had this humility, you know, that yeah. he, he can take. Well, that's what Vishaka really picked up on, just by, you know, I figure with Vishaka, you know, she, she's he, she's assigned to be his photographer, so she's you know, and she has this kind of like. I don't know this very precise vision, you know, and so she's taking his pictures and she's watching him and just watching everything that happens, and that was her big realization about Prabhupada is that she said one one place she put it something like that he understood his own significance and he wasn't even bothered by it. Yeah, one God brother. Humility is what she really noticed, but at the time. When you know the, all the sannyasis were going up yeah. and up and yeah. up and becoming greater and greater and greater, and you know that was, she mentions the fratricidal war. Like if you were a male householder, you were really in the pits, and if you're a woman, it was really bad. And she's the woman that's going around photographing with all these sannyasis, you know. And she just, you know, so she had a lot of trouble with the movement, but then she's just looking at him. And it's a great book to see yeah, that because yeah, yeah. it actually is the greatest. So clear. It's yeah. it's the greatest glorification of Prabhupada because right. she got the essence. Yeah. So one God brother, told which a lot of people didn't. <laughs> <laughs> one God brother told me um, that he wasn't compatible with Prabhupada. Yeah. He said because Prabhupada was like Sena Puck. Pati Bhakta, Chaitanya Bhagat, you know, the Sankirtan yeah, general, yeah. I like to say. And he wasn't compatible. I said, like, well, then why are you so dedicated to him? And, and, you know? Mm -hmm. And he said, because he gave, he gave, he gave cent percent to the Bhagavad. He gave cent percent to God. Mm -hmm. Compatibility, not. And it, it's so, you know, it was just, he opened his heart and he was able to deeply experience you know, the absolute reality mm -hmm. and uh, have faith. And I, 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 a Christian, I, I heard, I forgot where I heard, it gave me a good definition of faith. One a Christian philosopher, trust, trust based on evidence. Mm -hmm. So he had that evidence of this and then, you know, he lived it. And then people in contact with him saw it and felt it. And then there was this kind of integrity about the whole thing, <laughs> you know, which is, you know, he, he, he was so in tune with that. And that kind of brought him like above what generally what people do and fall into kind of political parties in the way they see Krishna consciousness. You know, he was surrendered to the absolute truth, mm -hmm. whether it was very traditional, you know, mold your values by the past, or it was kind of very liberal, you, you, you know, you reform it according to the, you know, and it was just, so seeing her book and reading it and following her, her life, you know, mm -hmm. it really, and, and, and then you see in ISKCON itself how that principle carries through despite everything. I remember one time I, we did the first, and you were there, the Gormundal Prikram, we all, you know, walked around, and then they asked people to speak at the end, and then Rabindra Sarup Prabhu got up there, and I don't know if you remember you said this, you said, I always had one thing that disturbed me or something what Prabhupada said, 
that they'll be discounted in the spiritual world. There's <laughs> like there's like fifteen hundred people listening. To that. And, but then he said, you know, you know, you said like it was a nice experience and, and there, but. I think that's Prabhupada's glory that somehow on that basis of that principle he kept something together <laughs> that's like so big and allows, still allows those people who, you know, picked up on his principles to, to do something wonderful and then use the facility that maybe the people that are bureaucratic keep together are the only thing they see. <laughs> So, yeah. anyway, I, and I, I think you know, if others can just think, you know, and kind of meditate on, you know, what is it in Prabhupada that actually, you know, attracts so many various people to him, mm-hmm. and just kind of keeps this whole thing together despite who he started it with. I'll just finish with mm-hmm. one thing too. Borijan once gave a slideshow for Prabhupada's disappearance day. And, you know, it was, this is the most amazing thing. And, you know, he started with the earth, you know, and then showed the earth compared to the, like, you know, the Jupiter and Jupiter compared to the universe. And, you know, and, and the whole thing became like smaller and smaller and smaller yeah. where we are, yeah. you know, and then, you know, beyond all of this, you know, and then they had these things, you know, the earth and then Jupiter, Jupiter to this. You know, and then the whole thing, and like Goloka Vrindavan and Radha Krishna, and the, and the whole thing is the most amazing thing is that, you know, he gave that to the world, you know, it was something, and that's the most amazing thing. And then I, 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 I spoke next and I said, more amazing to that is look at that film on 26 Second Avenue with Gargamuni and Kirtan. And this is the people he did it through. <laughs> and I, I just one more thing that uh, in that film, the part I liked is when Achyutananda was going, you know, we, we are, we are, some people are high on, on, on a low platform, we're low, and, and you know, you understand this, and then it, it, it wasn't commenting on it, but it was mm-hmm. Professor Hopkins, you know, who, who said like that, and they didn't know what they were talking about, <laughs> you know, and then still, so, anyway, and, and, but that point is, um, what is that, the first point you made, uh, what, what, in a book? When you were writing your thing, something with um, have to look at it. <laughs> hearing is not simple, or yeah, simple hearing is not simple hearing is not all, and, and simple to, looking is not yeah. all, and simple understanding yeah. is not all. Right. Because if you go through Prabhupada with just a simple understanding, mm-hmm. and you know, take his quotes out of context, or or you know, and I was also thinking. Yeah, as I grow up, I would do this much different than Prabhupada. You know, he's doing it this way. Why doesn't he do it this way? And then, you know, then he winds up, you know, successful. <laughs> you know, so uh, anyway, that's kind of yeah. <laughs> it's true. And you remember, like, different time when they got more sophisticated people. Like when when Farmar's uh, joined the movement, the Trey Rishi. Yeah. And he had just gotten a, a, a you know Harvard Business School degree, you know, yeah. so he was like the corporate guy who knew it, and he said to the North American GBC, "It's all wrong, you know. 
the way your your resources are being wasted because every temple was autonomous and yeah. that type of thing. So we 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 should actually, if you had each zone more unified, and the zonal center would would allocate all the money you collect would go to them. You would send your budget. They would you know they would send the money back, uh, which according to your budget. And all the manpower and the vehicles will all be allocated and be much more efficient. And he, com- he, he talked the North American GBC into it. Um, it's fairly early on. And, uh, and, uh, and, and so uh, uh, they said, the GBC said, because Rupert Nuga told me about this, so the GBC said, uh, well, you know, we'll we'll you know send this to Prabhupada and get his approval first. Okay, we'll we'll wait. But meanwhile, Bhagavan started already with what's called the Midwestern Consolidated Zone. And so they sent this proposal to Srila Prabhupada, and we every temple president got a telegram suspending the GBC, <laughs> and each of you report to me directly until further notice. <laughs> And he gave some reasons, you know, why he wanted it this way. You should be individual responsibility and, and taking care of things and not that one person shall collect everything and t- tell everybody what to do. He wanted people to be able to do Krishna consciousness as autonomously as possible. So he, he wrote this telegram, who is this farmer's <laughs> you, you know, here I've given you a system, and now, you, anyway, it was really funny. He suspended the whole GBC. It was really something. <laughs> he knew what he wanted. What is it, Alan, would you like to speak? There were a couple times that I, um, some stories of what Prabhupada, I, I remember in Vrindavan, was during the, you know, Mayapur Vrindavan festival. Um, people probably heard that Prabhupada was giving a class under the tamal tree to um, some Indian students, and he was using. Um, they were speaking Hindi, and he was speaking. Hindi and English, and they use the Bhagavad Gita as the medium. This is like a school trip or something like that? Indian well, students? When you say students, it was arranged. There were maybe, you know, 15 okay. students there. Okay. And I think that there had been some other classes where they used the, used the Bhagavad Gita as the book so that they could learn English. And, you know, so Prabhupada was doing like that. And then he looked around at all the devotees, myself included, and um, I think I also had our kids there, so it must have been 76. And then he wanted to know, why are you all here? Or don't you have any service? <laughs> you know, because many devotees, they really wanted to be right there with them every minute, you know, so... He got in people's case that they should be going and doing some service, you know. I and it kind of that reminded me of um, when we went up to to New York from Philadelphia when you know Prabhupada would be there, and it was going to be time 
you know, for Prabhupada to give class or whatever. It must not have been the initiation time because we went directly there, you know. I mean, we were already there. But And I remember driving away um, and seeing um, Palika, God's sister, heading off to the store and, so, you know, these God sisters getting ready to go and do some service for Prabhupada and, and for the temple, you know, and even though he was speaking here or doing this or whatever, you know, it's, it kind of was a shock to me because I, you know, you're used to everybody just trying to get closer and closer and yet that closeness um, through service. Uh, so those two things, that kind of reflected back to me, you know, from um, when uh, the temple was there in Brooklyn and they were walk, walking up to Atlantic Avenue, <laughs> probably to get vegetables and supplies and things like that. And another interesting, I, I think there's been stories of what I was part of it was, um, I know that was definitely 1976 and we were going on. <coughs> Prikrama to different places, different days. In Vrindavan? Or? In Vrindavan, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, they had several buses, but the women's bus had all the women. They <laughs> 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 were literally sitting on each other's laps and things like that. And there was, and I think the leader was Nitai, and we would go places. And I actually liked it better than the year before when you know, we were spread out more because by the time the women's buses would get there, they were already leaving where we were, so we barely <laughs> knew where we, you know, what we were seeing. <laughs> or Nitai would tell us the proper prayer to say and everything, you know. So one of the last places we went was, um, you know, to Radharani's garden near Varsana. And all the other buses had left, and we were caught in the sand. The bus was the bus was caught in the right. sand that where it was parked down from the from Radharani's garden. And at first, I was I decided not to say anything because I just from knowing how to get out of snow, I know all he had to do was turn his wheels mm. certain ways. No. Nitai just <laughs> sat down and started doing pastimes, and the bus driver was. You know, for a while, the, <laughs> just digging in deeper and deeper and deeper. And at a certain point, some other bus came and they got it to stop. And then there was a big fight. It was kind of like if we all got on that bus and some people had started to get onto this empty bus that was willing to take us back to the Krishnabalaram temple, then I guess the bus driver was afraid he wouldn't get paid, so I thought they were going to have a big fight, but we all had to get off the bus, <laughs> and we just kept waiting, and it kept getting, pretty soon it was getting dark. I mean, it was a long, long wait. And so they had us go, and there was a nearby um, temple, of, a Durga temple. And I remember um, the kids and I would just cover the mosquito bites. And, you know, How old were the kids then? Uh, Radhikaika was eight and Yudhi was five. Yeah, so those are <laughs> it was a long it was a long way, you know. By the time we got back, all the uh, I guess all these different taxis came and got us is what happened. 
then we found out later that Prabhupada was so upset and worried and angry at you know how they had sent this bus out with all these women and there were no men there to protect us and, and that they were lost. So he, he hired all had them hire all these taxis to go find the women. That was Prabhupada who did that. Prabhupada huh? did. Otherwise you'd have been all night. <laughs> <laughs> we probably still would be there at the church level. <laughs> Yeah, he was very upset, you know, and so then they asked for volunteers to go with the women's bus, you know, and uh, it was it was so much nicer because you really got to visit the place, so people were very lucky, but it was 76, which has got to be the worst year in mm. terms of the fratricidal war and the male and men and the women and everything, you know, so, and I remember... Um, most of the kirtans on the bus were all, Kashalya um, from France was singing in really beautiful voice, you know. And, um, yeah, it was, very, it, was, it was very nice. <laughs> but Prabhupada was really upset. I mean, like, how could they just do that in India, send like a busload of women and Nitai, you know, I mean, He's a sweet man, but he just was started reading <laughs> out loud for hours. You know? <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> yeah. And when Prabhupada came to Philadelphia, uh, I didn't hear him directly, but people would tell us, tell me what was going on, because I was doing the deity worship and pretty absorbed back in the Pajari area, and. Um, He was very kind and spoke nicely to this lady, Mrs. Murphy, who was our neighbor. Like, there was the temple building, and then we had just gotten the building across the way. It was a Grahasta building, but Prabhupada was the first one to stay there, and, you know, a few of his servants. It was one of these uh, twin houses, you know? Yeah. So we actually shared a wall with Mrs. Murphy, who, um, she, she eventually learned to make scones without eggs, just so that she could reciprocate with the devotees. She's really nice, but Prabhupada um, well, She was there about the same age as Prabhupada, right? Yeah, I think they were born the same age, you know. Oh, Mrs. And Murphy? Mrs. Murphy, yeah. Mrs. Murphy, yeah. She had many kids, and now she was on her own. She uh, had the house nice Catholic room. lady, you know. Yeah. And what Irish Prabhupada Catholic. appreciated was she'd get up every morning and go to Mass, which the church was just a block away. And she'd come back and sweep the porch and sweep the sidewalk and you know, she was just very clean and regular and everything and he, he noticed that and he really appreciated her. And got a lot of she got a lot of mercy. Well they uh, yeah, they would probably be coming up and she'd be there and they sit and talk and about their rheumatism or their you know, these <laughs> like it's, it's just like a you know, normal human conversation <laughs> or something like that. It was yeah, really, it was, really good. Yeah, it was very nice like yeah. that. Kind of. Yeah, when I saw that, that's when I sort of began to dawn on me, like my idea of what happens in ISKCON in some ways. You work, you strive so hard, 
you make advancement, you become a pure devotee, and then you make even more advancement, and you become a human being. <laughs> Another fun thing I know is um, had the, after the Rathayacha, there was a initiation. A lot of people got initiated that day, like about 50 people, since Prabhupada only came to the East Coast. Um, but one place, Philadelphia, that year in '75, and uh, so we had gotten from from Hawaii like real daubs and mango leaves and things all flown in. And our older son, while well, he was our only son then, Yudi, he he so loved that daub. And then he took his paint, some paint stuff, and painted it this sort of lavender color <laughs> and he carried it everywhere. You know? mm. <laughs> so he, he got to go with the devotees to the airport and that time there was like a conveyor belt. To see Prabhupada off, right? Yeah, to see Prabhupada off, yeah. And um, Prabhupada, they went up the escalator and then there was like a conveyor belt, I guess, somehow. Um, there was only the one entrance in those days. Yeah, this was like a, the security conveyor belt you meant, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah but it yeah, wasn't exactly security in those days. Well, it wasn't like it is today. You just had so to go through could, and have your bags extra. Yeah, it was so checking your stuff and everything like that. And I guess, I guess Beauty dropped his job a couple times, you know, but when he got there, Prabhupada took with his cane and had him put it right on the conveyor belt and was directing through the x-ray <laughs> interacting with them you know and then and then they're sitting waiting to to get on the plane and um they had uh, radikaika come sit next to him and she had all these bracelets that Ravinder had brought back from india for her, and they were all different different parts of the from from whatever you know and he asked her about where you got this one and this one, and she had all these bracelets on it and stuff. And um, I had taken a old silk sari and made it so it fit her. <laughs> and and he, um, yeah, that that's when he told you you should marry her to well, a country. Well, <laughs> we saw her bracelets. He says, "Oh, the women here they like this in this country too." Yeah. <laughs> and he saw the bracelets, and he he said, uh, "Yeah." You should marry her to a kshatriya. <laughs> Gonna have to need, you know, to be outfitted. But the, the problem was, is only sutras and a few vaishyas, <laughs> and probably the percentage was less in this country. Well, he thought in this country he might actually get something a little further. But then remember, then then uh, somebody asked her to recite some. She she had been in the Brahmananda said. She knew she knew Sanskrit really well. Yeah, she did. She actually used to be Dwarkadish in, mm -hmm. in um, Dallas Temple. She was the best Sanskritist, mm -hmm. and so he asked her, "Chat, you know, chapter of the Bhagavad Gita." So she starts doing it, and then uh, Prabhupada changed. He says, "Ah." Better she bury a Brahmin. That <laughs> 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 was some. Yeah, those little interactions are are so nice, you know. Oh, no. And then there was the famous one, the one where um, after uh, a darshan, 
Vishaka and Ananda Gamanjari stayed there. I was still there. And one of them, I can't remember which one. Is it true, Prabhupada, that women yeah. are less intelligent? Prabhupada kind of looked at them. And in this movie, she said, it's true in this, that the women in this movement are less intelligent than the men. There was a little bit of like a controversy that Yeah, yeah there was definitely a controversy there because that was also the darshan where this young woman who... She was a journalist who had been coming to the temple for a while, and she was um, not sharp, <laughs> put it this way. And I think she was living with somebody that wasn't was taking advantage of all this stuff, you know. And she's the one that had asked Prabhupada. We heard, you know, the women are less intelligent yeah. or, or something like that, you know. And um, so Prabhupada said to her, "Well." male and the female, they come together, uh, and then they have sex, and then they, she becomes pregnant, and then he leaves. And she can either kill the baby in the womb, or she can go to the government and beg for support. That's her choice, you know, because they would like choice. And he probably said, so what do you think of that? You know, is that a good choice? Yeah. Is that, you know, is that's, um, you know, I, I think she asked about um, women's independence or women's rights. This was at a time when a yeah, single was, working was mother just, was just not a thing. Yeah. Well, whatever, you know. So, so then she says... Um, kind of gets this look and she says, well, it's her choice. At least it's her choice. Yeah, at least it's her choice. And as Prabhupada turned, I think, to um, one of the men next to me, you could hear him, but not really well, and he said, that is 32 ounces. <laughs> that, that was the famous, you know, that, that's what? the brain was smaller. <laughs> But he said Vishaka asked them. You didn't. No, no, that no, was no, this no, before. The, this this before. was before. This was the, yeah. the journalist. This how they're all there. Yeah, it was a really interesting darshan. And then, then there were many different people there. Yeah. But Vishaka or well, then, or Vishaka, then, then people people are people leaving. Left and left. then just Vishaka and one other person. I guess Vishaka and Nagamanjari. And I was sta- sta- sitting there too. Yeah. There was the two of them, kind of lingered and asked. Prabhupada that, but the, the the journalist just was asking. Did they? Did Prabhupada give a separate answer to them? Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, at the journalist is gone. Everybody, everything is over, and it's just yeah. just a few yeah, of us. And what was the answer to them? He to, said. She said, "Are the women in this movement less intelligent than the men?" That was her question, as I remember it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I remembered it more simple, and then Prabhupada. His eyes got really big, and he said, "the He said that the devotee women, their brains grow. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you become a devotee, your brain grows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah, and there was a um, there was that other devotee during that same darshan whose father asked some kind of challenging questions, yeah. and then. He answered, and then um, then he asked 
the mother, do you have any questions? And she said something like, no, I'm here just to learn and to listen. And they said something like, the, <laughs> the son takes after the mother. <laughs> and the son is very intelligent. And then he said to the father, but you, sir, are a fool. He said that to him. Well, the father was actually this guy... This guy, we found out he, the parents were planning to deprogram him. Yeah, like the father was in correspondence with Ted Patrick, you know, all came out later. Yeah, yeah, and then that that um, that devotee and his wife, they went to the parents' house and found all everything was all lined up and how much had been. His taken. parents were away, and he went to the they house and he found his hidden correspondence with Ted Patrick and yeah. kidnap him and deprogram. And that was the father who was the fool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can never remember their names. I, I also remember that she was the one carrying little Radha Krishna on a... Yeah, I forgot um, his name. Too. And New Vrindavan, mm -hmm. and then somehow another slipped and the deities went right on the ground. But. Mm. <laughs> uh, sure. Um, I never had any personal association with Srila Prabhupada, even though I knew about the Hare Krishna movement. Uh, relatively early on, I'm a child of the 60s counterculture, meaning I was too, I was influenced by that culture, but too young to participate in it in its heyday. So, you know, I saw the civil rights movement happen on the news on TV, and I saw the Vietnam War and the protests <coughs> happen on television. Uh, you know, I was just too young to go to Woodstock without my parents' permission, which I was not going to get. Um, but during that time, I was really interested in social justice, uh, as it later came to be known, uh, and I kind of identified with hippie culture, um, and I listened uh, to, there was a radio station in New York, WBAI, and that was like ultra-progressive, left-wing kind of uh, user, I mean user, uh, listener-supported radio. Um, and later later on, I was listening, I was up all night listening to a guy named Bob Fass, who used to talk about alternate kinds of uh, political theories and, and such like that. So I was very into uh, that kind of culture. And, you know, the comedy side of that, there was a comedy group that did radio comedy uh, called the Firesign Theater, and the last of their comedy albums was called uh, Everything You Know Is Wrong. <laughs> so I saw the devotees for the first time in 1970. I saw the Harinam party going through the West Village when I convinced my parents to take me and my friends into the village to actually see real hippies, uh, what I aspired to be when I grew up. Um, and, uh, but I'd heard about the Hare Krishna mantra because it was in the Broadway musical Hair. Um, and then my friends in high school started to getting, getting into Krishna consciousness, and a few of them uh, became like instant shaved up into the Brahmacharya ashram in, right after high school in 1974. Um, so I was reading Prabhupada's books in 1972 to 74, and I, so I was, I was aware of the Krishna consciousness movement, but I never went to the Brooklyn Temple when Prabhupada was actually there um, and uh, didn't actually 
try chanting the Hare Krishna mantra until like 1976 or 77, then I moved into the temple in the early spring of 1977. Um, and one of the things that really attracted me to uh, Krishna consciousness was Prabhupada's message that was essentially a socio-political message. I thought that Krishna consciousness was the most subversive political philosophy I had ever heard. It turned everything upside down. It basically said, everything you know is wrong. And everything that society is doing to try to solve society's problems is wrong. And it just turned everything completely on its head. So I felt like I was now getting involved and I was also always interested in spiritual life. At the same time, I was interested in political stuff and social stuff. And it just seemed to me that the Hare Krishna movement was the best combination of spiritual life and social action. That was just the most radical of all of the above. And I, I'm just an extremist. Uh, you know, and so this was attractive to me because it was the most extreme part of the counterculture, and it was the most extreme kind of spiritual practice, and it was and, and message, and and the most extreme kind of social uh, message. And so that's something I really appreciate about Srila Prabhupada is how he took spiritual life and made it socially relevant in the most radical way. And in my case, uh, he inspired me in that way without my ever having his personal association. I never even saw him in, in person, uh, because while I was living in the temple, uh, I was waiting for him to, to come to New York the next time, and, and of course he didn't come. Uh, he left his body while I was uh, still a, a Bhakta Howie. Um, Howie? How Howard, yes. <laughs> they call you Howie? Yeah, they call me Howie. Yeah, okay. yeah, nobody does that anymore. <laughs> there are there maybe three people on earth who <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. still call me Howie. Howie yeah. catch on <laughs> well, I hope not. I'm glad this is a small group. Uh, anyway, so my appreciation of Srila Prabhupada is... Uh, from this standpoint of, of his fusion of spiritual life uh, with uh, a social mission to, to re-spiritualize uh, culture uh, on a global level, on a level that, that uh, espouses a, a, a spiritual movement for, for the material benefit of mankind that doesn't recognize any kind of nationalism or uh, 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 racial ethnic distinction on, on, a, on a spiritual level and that he's uh, done so without ever telling me personally that he's managed to do it through his devotees and through his books and so that's my appreciation for Srila Prabhupada in, in uh, his uh, amazing power to be so inspiring through others, through the medium of his uh, books, uh, through the medium of his disciples, and, and to inspire me with this idea that, that spiritual life has social relevance and is not just an inward turning 
uh, practice and, and a turning away from uh, from the world. 